Hello and welcome to episode 48 of Matchit and the Other Guy. And as ever, Kevin and I are sitting outside my home on the banks of Lake Wiley in Charlotte, North Carolina on a very sunny Monday. Kevin, how are you doing today? I'm good, I'm good. I'm a little warmer again. Yes. Temperatures are starting to creep back up again for this week, it looks like. <laughs> we had a nice uh, nice run of cooler days, but we're in that time of year. You yeah. Know, it's going to be ebbing and flowing pretty yes. much. But I can sense the mornings are definitely a little bit cooler than they Our have. Our mornings are much, much better. Yes. The start um, of the day yeah. is great. And one of my great um, treats down here on the lake is first thing in the morning when it is cooler is watching the wonderful wisps of mist flowing along the water, which I, I greatly enjoy. It's very atmospheric. And there were two days last week when that happened, the mist was back. So that's um, visual evidence to me that the temperature is changing. Well, I'm sure it's quite serene at that time of morning. Oh, it's too. absolutely Very quiet beautiful. and yeah. tranquil on the lake. It's very beautiful, very calm. Yes, actually I sat out here last night, well into the dark, and it was absolutely as still as a graveyard, as they say over in England. Like There was no movement on the water. Typically when the light reflects off the opposite side of the lake, from the houses on the opposite side of the lake over the water, you get that wonderful Van Gogh, Van Gogh, ripples of water, uh, light through the water. But last night, the, the lines of light were almost laser straight. There was zero movement on the water. It was just like a mirror. In the, in the standard of that, a mill pond? A mill pond, just yeah. like a mill pond. I don't even pond. know what a mill pond is, but I know that that's the, <laughs> well, a mill, the, uh, I, well, I can the standard of a, of a I can tranquil water. So a mill pond, typically in England, I would say anyway, is what happens is when, when you have a mill with a water mill wheel on the side of the mill for grinding whatever it would be you want to grind on the inside, you have a flume or a supply of water coming from the river or a brook or a stream that flows over the water wheel and then from the water wheel it goes into the mill pond the okay. pond where, where the water collects in the pond oh i've never known and then it flows away down into the river again it yeah. kind of stays and then slowly makes its way away so that others it, can, other, a, yeah. can fill it as it's continually yes. coming yes okay at least that's my un learn. that's my understanding of a mill pond and when you see old photographs of of mills typically you see that at the opposite side uh, at the exit side of the water wheel on a, on a mill, you'll see a, a pond, and they are typically pretty still water. Um, but we're not talking about that, are we? <laughs> I'm just thinking, you know, that's not, I'm guessing that's not our subject no, for today. No, no, mill ponds and tranquil water probably won't get us, get us very far. <laughs> so, our gentle listener, and I never know what we're going to be talking about, although we have just been talking about windmills and, excuse me, water wheels and mill ponds. Um, fill us all in there. What are we talking about today? Well, quite often, you know, we enjoy talking about entertainment and such genres of entertainment. Well, this is kind of part of that, and it kind of takes on its own uh, its own accord and, and goes in a certain direction itself, is commercials. Oh, they're, they're definitely yeah, a part yeah. of our evening's entertainment. It's yeah, been for, for decades or yes. even during the day or whenever. Now, granted, we fast forward through a lot of them these days with today's technology, but uh, they were definitely a big part of growing up and, for sure. you know, have actually long outlasted many of the shows as far as... Uh, pop culture references and uh, yeah. icons. And some commercials uh, live in memory and have been very successful, um, and, and some not so much. Of course, we always have to remember, we, we, whenever we have our debates and our discussions about various subjects, that I grew up in England, you grew up here in the United States, and television was very different over in England than it is in the United States, where 
I would say the vast majority of our broadcasts over in England were supplied by the BBC, speaking on behalf of dear old Blighty. And uh, BBC had no commercials, of course, but commercial TV did come in, come in later. Uh, interesting, actually, I wonder how many of those commercials we remember as kids on opposite side of the Atlantic um, were in both countries at the same time. Yeah, or yeah. they were just the same type of thing recorded, you know, recorded yes. for the English market and recorded for the American market. Because, yeah. I mean, do you remember? I mean, probably your voices had you know, the same accents and stuff like that that you yes. had with the recordings over there. Well, the, well, I mean, talking about commercials from kids, the one that, I mean, it's running through my mind now. I can hear it. I can hear this little eight or nine year old kid dressed up as a cowboy, and he was advertising Milky Bars, which was white chocolate bars of chocolate and his great catchphrase was the milky bars are on me and his commercials would be a some sort of small 20 second adventure would happen to him um in wild and a wild west setting in which the milky bar kid would come out as the hero of course and his closing line would always be the milky bars are on me and everyone would celebrate with a ghastly piece of white chocolate which ghastly didn't didn't do it to me milk did the milky bar kid exist over the united states i've never heard of the brand nor mm. the uh nor the uh, cultural <laughs> reference okay well there you are yes was that a and was that a com, uh, color commercial at that time or was it a black and white i can't give you the answer to that because we only had a black and white tea for a tv for a long period so of time much so was black and white in your house <laughs> It most certainly was. was yes. Yeah, so maybe it was in color. I can't. I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. Well, you know, with my when I was born and stuff like that. When I remember all the commercials, you know, were in, were in color that I recall. Uh, you know, you only see black and whites on like something looking back nostalgically, or you know, great yeah. co- great commercials of the '60s or something like that, or '50s and stuff. Yeah. But uh, the other one that springs to mind now, like, uh, you're thinking about black and white commercials, and I and I've written about this i was thinking about when i was writing my short story fragments from france about mr goodman um it was a chap that i knew i mentioned him several times but my short story about the first world war the great the great war and mr goodman was explaining to me when i was a young kid of 10 about the horrors of trench warfare but he always used to have in his pantry the larder the cold room of the house it wasn't a fridge or a freezer it was just a colder room um, he used to have two bottles of Davenport's beer on what, what we would call either, I think it was called the thrall. And the only time I ever used that word thrall was to describe like a granite or a stone shelf in the pantry, which would be, it would be cold just because it was stone. Yeah. And so, it would, yes, and that's, and that's effectively all there was to keep things fresh, really. And if you wanted to keep things as cool as possible, you put them on the thrall shelf. But I always remember Mr. Goodman having two bottles of Davenport's beer on the thrall in his pantry. And they came from a company called Davenport's, but their great commercial was beer at home means Davenport's. And they would drive around in a delivery van and deliver beer in the same way that the milk float would come around and drop pints of milk off. Well, there you go. <laughs> so there you go, yeah. So, yeah, so that's, that's two from England. How about you in the States? Oh, we had hundreds, well, thousands and more, I'm sure, you know, that we yeah. think of. But, uh, um, you know, growing up, you know, as a kid, you know, you tend to watch the kids' uh, shows and com- or cartoons and such like that. So naturally, we had a lot of morning breakfast cereal commercials. Uh, yes. Oh, gosh, you're Tony the Tiger for Frosted Flakes. You I had, remember him, yeah. Uh, the Tricks Rabbit. Tricks are for kids. 
Yes. Now, tricks are for kids. Silly rabbit, tricks are for kids. I never knew the origin of that reference beyond watching Kill Bill, Tarantino's film Kill Bill, volume one. And if I remember right, it was Lucy Liu's character, Oran Ishii, says to uh, Uma Thurman's character, Silly Rabbit. And I think Uma Thurman's character, who we later learn in volume two is called Beatrix, says tricks are for kids. And uh, it was lost on me. And I, I, I didn't know what to make of it until you explained it to me. It came from the serial. Yeah. Yeah. And until we find out that her name is Beatrix in the second one, yeah. it's it's just a odd thing in the first one. It's it's fun, but you're like, why? Yes. And then you, you, yeah. He brings it around. Tarantino has that talent. Of- yes. In volume one, Tarantino, whenever any of the characters refer to Uma Thurman, who is at that point just referred to as the bride, exactly, um, he beeps it out, right? They 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 go to say Beatrix. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they put a beep need, over the top of it. I watch it again. It is one of my, yeah, my I, favorites yeah. that he did. I like that film a lot. And, uh, yeah, I think that works very well. I like the film. I mean, we're getting off subject already, but I, I particularly like that interaction between Lucy Liu and uh, Uma Thurman and, then the, and their culminating fight scene in that snow Yeah, uh, outside the back of the restaurant where all that chaos has just happened with the crazy 88 gang being decimated but that particularly very quiet tranquil scene snowy scene with a little piece of bamboo that fills up with water and keeps yeah. toppling over blip blip thunk, thunk. yes yeah thunk, thunk. yeah exactly yeah. that yeah, that's awesome yeah, and I'm, I'm going to guess, and I don't know this for, for fact, but I'm going to guess that Tarantino is paying homage to some other 1970s martial arts oh, movie. I'm sure. Right? Yeah. I, I bet that scene is, has been borrowed from somewhere else. He's would be probably, my guess. He's probably watched thousands of hours of right. them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. yeah. But back to commercials. Yeah, so there we, <laughs> there we are. Silly rabbit tricks are for kids. Yeah, yeah, I never knew the reference of that one. What other, what other commercials stand out with you? Well, I mean, then you got the ones that just were, were big cultural things, like, and they would, you know, keep returning with the same character. I mean, again, you being over there and, and us being, you may have not ever heard of Mr. Whipple for Charmin. Have you ever heard of him? No. <laughs> he was no. the store clerk that, you know, kind of had just the, kind of the mustache, kind of the receding hairline and glasses. And the ladies would always be in there and wanting to squeeze the Charmin because it was so soft. And he was always getting on to him, please don't squeeze the Charmin. And it was a, it ran for a long time with just different variants. You know, he'd be like in the in the aisle. It might be at the checkout, and he'd pop in. You know, please don't squeeze the Charmin. So I mean, this is kind of stuff that would end up yeah. on a T-shirt. You know, at some point somebody would have a T-shirt that said, "Please don't squeeze the Charmin" or such. But it is it is noteworthy or remarkable, perhaps, that it just takes the right tagline that'll just sit there in your brain for years and years oh, and gosh, years. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. Where's the beef? Be. You've, you've where's, certainly where's heard the Where's the Beef. Absolutely, yeah. And that was early 80s. It might might have been late 70s. I think it was early 80s. And I, Clara Peller was the little old lady that said it. You know, she's become such a, it became such a big deal, I still even know the name of the actress. Yeah. And, of course, she's long departed us. But, uh, you know, that one was definitely all over T-shirts and everything like that. One actually had a kind of effect on me in kind of, I guess, a negative way. And I wasn't a big, I've never been a big McDonald's fan. I just never have been. 
they had a, a campaign out. Okay, so I'm in class in the middle of like we're supposed to be doing a project, you know, working on our, our addition sheet or something like that that okay. we've been handed. I jump up, scream, I'm having a big Mac attack, and ran out of the room and down the hallway. <laughs> what possessed me or whatever. But, you know, you can imagine it didn't end well for me. But, and I, but well done you for pulling it off. I, I just did it. Ah, there you go. So, And that was, of course, the, the commercial of the big Mac attack back then. And then, gosh, what is it? They had the... the, the the song about the, the to all be patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. I do vaguely remember that. that. Yes, and, yeah. And uh, the, the counteract, I, I think it probably around that same time-ish, was the counteract from Burger King, which was Have It Your Way. Yeah. Because their thing was, you don't have to get it the way that, you know, they've laid it out for you. You come into Burger King, you order any way you want it. And there was that, you know, Have It Your Way, Have It Your Way song. And... That was well delivered, by the way, oh, Mr. Field. They may have a new career. Yeah, I, I, I'm far from expert on commercials, of course, but I mean, I've worked in TV for 21 years, so I've certainly been around them and seen a fair few of them, as we all have. But um, I am always amazed that some commercials work so well, and others, I watch the commercial or I hear the commercial on the radio. And at the end of it, I've st I'm still completely lost of what we're advertising. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's that definitely the which sign, strikes the, me the is sign of a horrible commercial is you can't remember what the product even is. <laughs> that's exactly right. If the commercial is memorable, but I don't know what it's advertising, something has gone wrong, hasn't it? And yeah. It, it actually had the opposite effect on my mom. She would she would be like, "Oh, I just hate those commercials for X Y Z." Yeah. You know, I'm like, Mom, they've done their job. Yeah, You're sitting yeah. here talking to me about brand XYZ. Yeah, yeah. And they've actually definitely done what they set out to do. You may not buy it, <laughs> but other people are going to. Yeah. So. Yes, I, I, I'm a... I'm a I don't know. Maybe it's just old school, but I'm a big believer. If, if you're if you're selling, it doesn't matter. We'll call it brand A. Just keep mentioning brand A and a telephone number and over and over again. And there's one. There's. I'm not going to mention the name, but there's one for a finance company who would like to um, give you uh, trade in a policy for money. And um, oh, I'm sure I know and, which one you're talking right, about. And, and you can't. It works so well because it's just the name and a number, name yeah. and a number, name and a number. That's how to do a commercial. Yeah. You can't forget it. You can't forget it, yeah. Yeah, and some cam some campaigns just go for... I mean, I was thinking about this one when I was thinking about this topic was, I think that Energizer Bunny has been going for 35 years yeah. or something along yeah. those lines. I remember like when it was like 10 years going, that thing is still going, you know, in their commercial line. And I, I need to look it up and see when they actually started, but I'm thinking it was mid to late 80s yeah. the first time. And good gosh, what a run. Some of them, you're right, some commercials work uh, very well and some don't. Um, and I'm, I, I always like to watch, again, don't want to mention any names, that's not what we're here for, but some of the insurance companies where they have that returning cast of characters. Yeah. I'm happy to watch them, just you, you become familiar with them and you want to know what they're going to do next. I, kinda, I like that idea. And some of them will change it up to where it's not the same thing, but it's still as, as clever, if not more, yeah. than the last one, and it's got your interest. You know? yeah. Generally, insurance is not the most exciting thing right. out there that's going to get, I mean, get you all wound up. But. The one I think, we're, certainly I'm thinking of, but the one we're probably all thinking of, starts off with, you know, there was one female character, and then 
Um, she is joined by another one, and then the, I think the, I think the cast is up to like four or five of them now. But you still know who they are. You, yeah. you you're looking out for them in the next commercial. It's, it's almost along. its own show with its own <laughs> episode. That's exactly right. I think well done them for doing that. It works yeah. very well. Yeah. I think I think our local geese are very uh, vocal today. They certainly are. Yeah. Yeah. I we're, guess we're at that. They might be flying south. I was just about yeah. to say that we're at the time of the year where they are beginning to um, group together in preparation for leaving us. Yep. Yep. But yeah, I mean, there was, I think, you know, everybody kind of looks on their childhood era as the kind of a golden era and yeah. stuff like that. But the commercials were just, they were a lot of fun, I think, back then. We had a whole Reese's thing, you know, Reese's Cups. Yes. And the whole thing, they ran a whole one where somebody would end up colliding, you know, and it's like, you got your peanut butter on my chocolate. You got your chocolate in my peanut That's butter. True. And they both, it's a, it tastes great. It's yeah. a ta- the two tastes that taste great together or something like yes. that on those lines. So that was a big, big campaign, late seventies, somewhere in there too. And then we had, you know, there were so many that were, you know, in the in the prime time. You got a lot of celebrity commercials. I remember the guy, uh, I think it was Robert Conrad. I think was the actor's name. He started in the Baba Black Sheep show. He had the thing. I think it was a Duracell battery, and he was, you know, supposed to be a tough guy. And he's like daring you to knock it off his shoulder. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I, I don't remember much of the gist of that one, but <laughs> I remember that. I'm pretty sure it was Robert Conrad was the, yeah. the actor. Uh, I think, and then you had, uh, oh, the uh, the ones for American Express had the uh, was it Jimmy Durant was it Jimmy Durante or somebody somebody along those lines, all right, you know, promoting the American Express card. I can't remember if it was him for sure. It might have been him or Jack Klugman. Uh, would do it. So you always had the celebrity commercials, which were kind of a big deal too. Did, yes. y'all, did y'all remember having any? I do remember the the famous Coca Cola commercial. I want would like to. Teach the world to sing. Seemed to you know, that I think that out? was a probably a worldwide, worldwide thing. Yeah, yes, that's, that that was one, that's, I think it goes down as being one of the greatest yes, single I, ads of all I time. Think, I think it, I have a feeling in we we the 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 Brits must have um, uh, if you like inherited that commercial from the United States. And what is shown at Christmas time? My memory is it was shown. There were several versions of it throughout the year. I mean, there seemed to be well, maybe. groups of people singing it on the top of clifftops and in, in flowing open meadow scenes, you know. But I do remember that one being around for a long while, yeah, being that was, very that was successful. A, a very good one. That was the 70s, I'm pretty sure, when yeah. that, that premiered. Um, and let me take this full around. I did remember who did the American Express is Carl Malden, okay, the actor, and he was in the he showed he started in the Streets of San Francisco show and some other things. Yeah, that's okay. who that was. All right, but uh, yeah, you remember those celebrity endorsers? I, I imagine our gentle listeners out there thinking, "Oh, I was just about to write into Kevin and tell him the answer." <laughs> no, it's that's who it is. <laughs> Um, yeah. But the Coca-Cola, of course, Coca-Cola's had some great commercials during the line. I remember one, and this was I'm thinking this was probably about 30 years ago, and it was kind of a neat idea. It would be like January. And they would say, "We'd like to interrupt your your winter for some great, you know, great memories of summer." And they show water skiing and sunbathing and the water parks and amusement parks and all that. And of course, you know, tying in the Coke drink. Oh, okay. And then right, in the right, middle right. of summer, they'd say, "We'd like to remind you of some great winter moments." It'd be like you know July, <laughs> and you're sweltering, and they're showing snow skiing and gondola yeah. rides and. You know, uh, ice skating and all that. So see, when they work, they work, and uh, I, know, yeah. I still remember. Obviously, I still it doesn't have those. to be a complicated setup to make a commercial work. Does it? Just needs to be memorable. Yeah, yeah. You, need to, you know, but again, you not only need to remember the commercial. You need to remember the product that's behind it. But right. Yeah, yeah. And I think you know, the, the beer companies probably had, you know, still to this day have some of the best. But I remember the ones back there. There was the uh, 
that taste great, less filling uh, Miller Lite commercials, okay, right. where one side was, taste great, no, less filling, no, yeah. taste great. Remember, I think the baseball announcer, Bob Uecker, okay. might have been in those. Um, yeah. But they, throughout the years, those were some of the, the fun. The Stroh's, the dog that would go to the refrigerator and, and bring back a Stroh's for its owner and stuff like that. Now, educate me here, because of my relatively brief time in the United States, uh, I know that the Super Bowl commercials are always talked about and have become famous over the years. To your knowledge, has that always been the case for as far back as you can remember that Super Bowl commercials were always something a little more special? As far as I know, I, now granted, I, I just didn't watch the Super Bowls right. back in the day. I couldn't, okay. I couldn't tell you. Dad was not a huge football fan either. Okay. I don't remember right. ever watching. I'm sure they were very important and had prime time. Whether or not they made a lot for that uh, airing yeah. or whether they were like, well, you know, we're buying a slot. We're going to slip in our, you know, Chevrolet Impala ad that we've been running for a month yeah. in a time slot and pay for it. I'm not sure when they started being where it was a major event for the commercials to be inserted. Yeah. And you looked for them. I know you, you got to go back to where they consider it to be one of the one of the greatest Super Bowl commercials was the uh, introduction of the Macintosh computer. And it very much tied into 1984. I remember the guy. I know exactly the yeah, commercial. And everybody's you know, about, yeah. kind of in there being indoct, you know, pretty much indoctrinated. Yes, indoctrinated. Yes, it's that and sort the, of two in the in the in the book uh, 1984 and copied into the movies as well. It was known as the two minutes hate. Everybody gathered together and looked at the screen, and they were indoctrinated with something. And I, I know exactly the scene that you're setting up there with that uh, Apple uh, computer. Yep, I mean definitely that. That might have been the. That might have been kind of when things were kind of amping up to be where it was an event and a big deal. And oh, okay. Noticed after that, you know, and started yeah. started making changes in uh, how they did the commercials for that. Made them. Some of them were mini movies, you know. Absolutely. They, they had major directors doing yeah. a lot of them from yeah. that point on. Yeah. So you started seeing some some big changes, and I'm sure the money money flowed accordingly. Well, the one that, I mean, the, I'm always a, a sop for an emotional tie, and the the one Super Bowl commercial that I remember that that always pulls at my heartstrings is the Budweiser Dre Horse commercial. Yeah. The one the one I'm thinking of, and I'm sure they've done many, uh, is the horse trainer that is obviously training one of the Dre horses, and it always springs to mind because of the connection. In a previous episode, we've talked about my dad and my, particularly my granddad's love of horses and dray horses. So whenever I see dray horses, it always makes me think of granddad. But in this particular Budweiser spot, there is a chap that's training dray horses to pull the Budweiser beer uh, for an event and uh, trains the horse and the horse goes away to, to the event. And the trainer goes to the event to... to to watch what's happening, to watch his horse in action. Mm -hmm. And the horse seems to be ignoring him and, and more involved with what's happening, pulling pulling the car, pulling the pulling the dray. And uh, afterwards, of course, is that emotional meetup where the yeah. horse runs towards him. He kind of breaks loose at the end from his, his before he gets yeah. loaded in the trailer and comes yeah. that does That does it for me. Yeah, yeah. that's that's pretty much, I yeah. think, the best one of those, you know, especially the, on that side of it, you know. But it definitely is, is, is a good one. Now, the... Another one. Now they did so many of those. You know, like, of course, that one was very heart, heartfelt and touching. Right. They also did one. I don't know if you call the one with the uh, Dalmatian dogs because that. The, the now you've said that. There's yeah. always a Dalmatian on the on the cart. Okay. It's tradition. Okay. And this one was 
it started off with a guy coming look at, looking at a litter of puppies, yeah. Dalmatian puppies. Okay. Well, he picks one, and as he's walking away, the Dalmatian puppy's kind of like looking back over his shoulder, and he looks at the, the others and goes, sticks his tongue out. Like, <laughs> and then the later, one of them is picked up by you know the Budweiser team, okay. and is taken, and then it is, well later on he like is riding on the. The Budweiser cart, yeah. and on the sidelines is the original dog that got taken, and he just kind of looks at him and goes, nah, and sticks his tongue out. There you go. So, yeah. So, hopefully, I, I hope they'll continue with those. I can't remember if they had one this year or not, but um, hopefully they'll keep the tradition going. Yeah. Did you ever get involved uh, in any in, in any way with marketing and commercials? Yeah, in, actually, in, I yeah. did. Yeah. Um, we I worked in uh, advertising for a few companies. Okay. Um, yeah. The one right out of college uh, was Goody's Family Clothing. Yeah, I thought and there was a connection there yeah, with you in advertising. Was, well, yeah. At that, and especially at that time, because I wasn't I was in graphic design at school, and that's what I got my degree in. But when I kind of came on, I was an intern. And they needed me in different, wherever they needed me, I was there. Yeah. You may be working on this this week. You may be working on this that week. But we did one full week where we were filming a commercial in Knoxville at a bed and breakfast. It was secluded enough to where we were kind of, it was kind of quiet and away from the traffic and and hustle and bustle. And we rented the the bed and breakfast to film these commercials all week. And as you probably know from being on TV at all, there's a lot of hurry up and wait in that world. Oh, boys are ever. So we were you know, there all, all day, every day for a week, and we'd film this, you know, this spot, this spot. And we had the same actress who was kind of our spokesman for, the, for that era. Okay. We, not that we named her or anything like that or anything, but she would just be in all the commercials, so you kind of got used to seeing her. Right, right, yeah. But it, it was a lot of fun. I mean, we learned tricks of it. We did some where we were filming outside on the, on the patio, and I remember them wetting down the bricks. Uh, with water so they glistened you know yeah. and, and didn't look so drab so they you know they didn't look wet particularly but they looked like they were bright yes and stuff like that and one of the funniest one was we we're supposed to be filming the scene outside where it was the family she was the, the mom and they had actors playing the, the other parts of the family and they're supposed to have had homemade ice cream well the one guy that goes to the store he brings back neapolitan ice cream which had the three different you know things in my, and i'm looking at this going <laughs> You know, we can only use one of these colors. You can't make Neapolitan ice cream out of your home churn. You know, so I'm like, well, pick one and go with that. But but we had we had a lot of fun, and I still remember that there was one scene we were filming, and uh, the director he was a pretty nice guy and stuff. You know, got to know him through the week, and he had a whole direction of how it was going. With the it was a closet scene where she kept on throwing clothes up on top of the husband, okay. getting rid of her old clothes, okay. and and uh, you couldn't even see him. He was covered in. Cl- but are something along those lines. And I remember saying, would it be better if we did it this way where this happens? And, this, and the director kind of looked at me and goes, I like that idea. There you go. And we ended up filming my idea. And back then, you know, you didn't have all this handy videotape. Well, you have videotapes, but I don't have that commercial anywhere. I, yeah. I don't know where it ended up. But Boy, I bet you wish you did. Yeah, I'd, be nice I'd love to, to see it. To look back on. Yeah. Yeah, beyond that, I mean, occasionally they use us. I remember one time we were having some big sale and they had all of us go to the studio where they did our editing and just wanted us to run back and forth because it was showing a stampede of people going to the big sale. Yeah. So we're all just, our shoes and our, our uh, bottom of our pant legs were coming across back and forth, uh, the whole ad department. But yeah, it can be a lot of fun, but it's a, it's a lot of work, that's for sure. I bet it is a lot of work to get it. Again, it's, I keep saying this, it's got to get it right. But in a commercial, you have such a limited amount of time to get your message over that it isn't just a matter of what you say in that commercial. It is. You just mentioned the glistening 
brickwork. Yeah. It's all those little details that have got to be right because you have such a small period of time to get that message over. Remember this. Remember this. It's not yeah. easy, is it? Yeah, and it's kind of akin to you know having the noises here since we're always film or, or, or record outside. Yeah, you know we never know. I remember, I remember that week too. There was some construction going on nearby, and one of our guys got in the car and drove around to the construction workers. I, he probably paid them something. He said, "Look." Go away. Two hours. Just stop for two hours. You know, not making any hammering noises or whatever. Yeah. And uh, we got to get some filming done, and, and they cooperated. So, well, like you're always that lucky, but we always said from from episode one of Matchett and the other guy that we would just sit out here and uh, the the occasional episode when we're inside cooking, but beyond that we just sit out here and whatever noises we get are the noises we get, and our gentle listener has been very kind to us and just accepted that but <laughs> so we're not going to do any editing uh, whatever noises you hear you're gonna hear yeah yeah i think well, that, and so far uh, we have, so far we've been a lot like pbs and bbc we've been commercial free that's, that's we have yeah well it's um it was an interesting conversation well they're all interesting conversations with you yeah. but i must say it always sparks memories of things that i'd completely forgotten about yes but um yes it's interesting that those little commercials that I mean we're so used to them now we almost again it's easy to say we ignore them but you have to when it just when that message works they, they will stick there but yeah I mean we just mentioned the fact that there are some that we can remember from childhood and for me that's you know 50 years ago yeah. I can remember some of those commercials so they work and when they work they work very well and far outlasted some of the shows they were actually uh, aired in <laughs> Some of those oh, shows without were question, yeah. long forgotten yeah. and never to be resurrected. Yeah. And it's, of course, it's easy to say, well, what are the ones that it didn't work for? Well, you can't remember them. No. You, know, you, really, you only really remember the ones that did work because, because they did work. But the ones that were um, ineffectual, they've gone. You don't, don't know what they were. Off into the ether. Off into the ether. A bit like we should think about being off into the ether at the end of this episode. How about that for a little segue? There you yeah. go. Yeah. Gentle listener, thank you very much for joining us. And do join us again for another episode of Matchet and the Other Guy. Bye for now. We'll see you then. Thanks.